I've worked with people that have sold businesses in less than a year. So yeah. and sold them for lots of money. But maybe it's an unfair comparison or, or, or unfair test to say it took them you know, 10 years to know how to do it in one year. Hey folks, this week on The Wealth Faculty, we get a chance to sit down with David Kenny, partner, Hall Chadwick Accounting Company. David has been in the accounting business for over 20 years and he sits on my personal faculty as my accountant, helping me manage my wealth, as well as many, many very successful Australian businesses and individuals across the country. And we get a chance to pick his brains from an accounting point of view, from a uh, a, a person who's got 20 years experience in the accounting world about creating, keeping, managing uh, wealth and what it means to them. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with David Kenny on The Wealth Faculty. Happy New Year, David Kenny. Welcome to the podcast, The Wealth Faculty. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Jace. Good to it's, see you. Yeah, good to see you. Hey, listen. We're going to have a bit of a chat today uh, about uh, the world that you live in, uh, advising businesses, um, individuals in the world of you know tax law, accounting. You've been doing this for decades. You don't look that old, but uh, you're very experienced in this. And uh, I'm very happy to say that uh, for those listening in, this podcast is called The Wealth Faculty. And uh, I'm uh, very grateful to have you as one of my faculty members on my board advising me as uh, my group accountant and personal accountant for many, many years. So thanks for joining us. Uh, today, we're going to have a bit of a yarn about all things in your world. But before we kick off, you know, 2020, a crazy year, reflecting from your point of view, how did the world roll from the world of accounting? You know, maybe give us a little bit of a snapshot of uh, yeah, shaking your head there. <laughs> crazy 2020. times. Yeah, 2020. Wow. How do you reflect on that? Oh, I prefer not to, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, I guess uh, let's let's paint the picture. There we are, thinking we're pretty busy at the moment. Things are a little bit tough. They've been a little bit tough for people for quite some time, and it just got a whole lot worse. And for us as advisors, we had the 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 privilege and pressure of basically rolling out a brand new system that everyone had days to work it out. Law was changing every minute of the day. Yeah. I was running whiteboard sessions for my team. I was running CFO sessions for clients. I was running uh, analysis on should this should we pivot here? What do we need to cut? How do we keep this going? What are their suppliers doing? What are their customers doing? What are they it was like human Tetris on steroids trying to work out how do we keep these guys all alive, afloat, moving them faster through this pain point, working out what are the things that they really need to nail. Uh, are they in business after this? Can job uh, keeper be enough? And then there's obviously others that were sort of pivoting, working out, okay, well, I actually am in a great position where I can intercept some of the oncoming uh, traffic and get behind uh, and capture a lot of that as well. So we were there were there was feast and famine in terms of a lot yeah. of the different clients out there. Some were doing great, some were doing it tough. But in general, it, everyone was affected. I think the thing I'd say the most is everyone was affected by either knowing someone who's been through a lot of pain or themselves, and a lot of bad things happen. Not just 
financially, but it just it, it played a real toll on everyone's psychology, uh, their mental health. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of staff in Melbourne. World no. record. It's not a world record we're going to break being the no. longest city in the world in lockdown. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we were really worried about those guys trying to do what we could to, to help them through stuff. Uh, but it was just tough. It was really tough. And and just having to turn up every day. At one stage, I was getting up out of bed about 6, getting to bed at 1 o'clock in the morning, mm. just constantly looking at strategy, law changes, uh, making sure the message was consistent, un unproving or, or disproving all of the different noise that was coming at everybody and saying, this is how it's going to work and that's yeah. how it's going to work. Then yeah. the, ATO policy would be slightly different to the legislation, slightly different to the press release. Don't worry, version two will clear it up and then we've got to communicate it, make sure no one misunderstood it. It was pretty hard. All, all, all of that information own, sort of, uh, I'm assuming, would have funneled all the way down to the, the point of, okay, what does my accountant say? All of these things, all down to you guys, right? The pressure would have been extreme. Yeah. yeah. It was extreme and, and I really just want to, say that my team did a great job i mean the, mm. they really stood up the uh it was it was a an avalanche of things coming at us and and then having to immediately basically say okay you've got to pick your whole business up and take it to 200 new locations that you're going to be doing business in yeah home like in in 48 hours hope the technology, yeah hope the technology works hope the people don't break hope the system actually syncs up worry about our own business and worry about hundreds of other businesses yes so it was not easy and it, look in some ways i'm grateful for some of the other things it's not it wasn't just all bad because there yep. were so many things you were able to help people and made lifelong friends uh getting people through lots of challenges um but it was a it was no doubt it's Certainly, in my decades, I'll have I'll have you. Uh, I might I might have ticked over the uh, the decades, but only just as kid. Um, and it, it was hard. But look, it what doesn't kill you uh, makes, makes you stronger. stronger. Yeah. Uh, so it definitely built a lot of people's resilience and capacity. Yes. And so I think that you know the I'm very hopeful of you know knowing that the, the people that you know, we, that are in my team that have got through this together. We've got a lot of things to go. We've got a lot of new mountains to climb and uh, and uh, helping our clients. I mean, that's uh, that's a privilege. Yeah, and a testament. And and often those things, David, are a testament to good leadership as well, good, good, uh, good leadership at the top, you know, take care of the team, you know, so I'm quite sure if we asked your team, they'd be, uh, be singing your praises and you, you and your uh, other partners at the business so um you know well done to you guys as well because you know the pressure is that you know um i i believe uh often especially certainly for me in business having people like yourself and other great faculty members on my faculty have kept me safe and secure over the years you know in one way shape or form entrepreneurs tend to get themselves in more trouble than they should david and you know that better than most um and um you know not only is the pressure of the normal entrepreneurial flair of business owners you know, going out there and causing all sorts of, you know, normal problems. There was these abnormal problems on top of that. And for a year, you guys, um, mm. you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure um, um, did the absolute best you could. And sounds like you uh, you came together as a team. So well done. One thing that I did want to ask you, 
uh, in this moment because both you and I have been through together the GFC uh, and now Corona. And, uh, you know, we've been together, you know, uh, as friends and also professionals um, over that time. And, you know, how would you compare the GFC world to to now? And, um, you know, is there any comparison to anything for any of us can draw from, you know, in those times? Or was it completely different from your point of view as a professional, you know, um, as an economic meltdown, the world had never seen GFC, but this moment in time was this pandemic again, one thing that we're probably only experienced once in a lifetime, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, well, I guess the, the big difference was uh, one was a one was a credit-led crisis, and so confidence was immediately uh, tested on the basis that you know uh, debt was not secure. Debt, junk bonds, all of those sorts of financial instruments were changing the way we felt about flow of funds and the velocity of cash and the security of what we were doing. So in a way, that was probably the first reaction to say, are we going to be okay if we have to close and all these people are closing and businesses need to be locked down? What does that do? Like we didn't know what that button meant. Yeah. And uh, and we didn't know. So the, the, the initial shock and awe of... Um, the uh, COVID situation was far more real because we're saying like, we're actually putting, you know, the plane into turn the engine off mode. Yeah. And we're saying, okay, we have a certain amount of altitude so we can draw on resources, we can draw on, you know, we can work it out. But we're eventually going to hit the ground. Whereas... In reality, the GFC was very different because there was once there was a prop up from uh, the, you know, if, if, if QE had come in in GFC at the same level, I think that would have been problematic because most people think that uh, at where we're at the moment, that if our uh, QE policy, which is prevailing still. That's QE yeah, quantitative easing. Yep, yep. For those, quantitative yeah, <laughs> quantitative um, easing. Yep. So, so if we if we ratchet down our um, our uh, currency, you know, against each other's currency in a orderly fashion, it's probably not a big deal. But then, I mean, I'm there are a lot smarter people out there than me. But I'm just drawing the the comparison that. We didn't have anywhere near the same reaction, and in Australia, we re- it really it, it almost flew over us. It wasn't a Y two K situation because yeah. a lot of people did lose their jobs, and then, but usually the unknown is what people you know go further and, and assume more. Yeah, and that that was a real that was the main thing I think happened in GFC. Yeah, which is people lost confidence. And it took a little while to come back, and things usually go in cycles. But I don't think it's a fair comparison that um, the GFC versus what this is, because I think the the truth is that you know if if you look at how much money has been put into the economy and saying you know through QE and and really just um, the 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 issue on inflation, deflation, currency, the world's so complicated. Yes, been a bit tight. Really have seen. Yeah. what that button did. So yeah. that's well, I don't know if we really will know what that button did for a while. 
yeah, see it play out. So, so you know, um, in your world, like, how are you? You know, what's your sort of short term view on twenty twenty one? You know, uh, what are you sort of helping your clients with um, right now? Where you're saying, hey, listen, no problems. We made it through twenty twenty. Let's celebrate and 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 uh, you know, it'll be no problems. Are you still sort of urging a bit of caution? Uh, I'm probably leading you in this question, but you know, what's your what's your thoughts in twenty twenty one coming up for people in business and stuff? You know, we're still got plenty to see roll out, right? Um, with JobKeeper finishing and so on. Yeah, look, I think uh, yeah, the government stimulus is working its way through in terms of what they're going to settle on in terms of whether or not they extend it again, finish it, or whatever they're doing. And and that you know, it's, there's no po- no point in maybe even announcing it so so soon. But we'll wait and see uh, what happens with that. Uh, I think what I, I always think is look. You've got to have a really solid understanding that that this is a new new world. You can't just say what I did last year times one, you know, five percent more. You need to start thinking about what does the how are all of my how are my suppliers affected, how are my customers yeah. affected, how are their normal suppliers people. and their customers affected. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to start thinking a little bit more about where it's going to try and be ahead of the game or try and work out how can you be more able to help your customers? How do you be, if, if, if things do worsen, how can you add more value to your customers? Yeah. Uh, you know, perspective that you're doing a great job and you're helping them or their product, your product is yeah, indispensable. So, yeah. and yeah, just basically um, saying sort of, you know, up and down the line from where you are, not only your world, um, you got to take notice of, but you know, one, two, three degrees away from you where the suppliers get their stuff from or into the future. And I know one of your passions is, you know, in the world of tech, um, mm. you know, how did you see, I mean, obviously you said you, you had to take, you know, hundreds of people, you know, from an office to, you know, digital online this year with your team. Um, and, mm. you know, how do you, how did you see the, the going digital affect businesses that you were supporting and, do you believe that that's kind of like an opportunity in the tech space, like that's been brought forward as well as part of your passion and, and you know some of the things that you help people you know start up and get going? Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely something which we're starting to see the tip of. But I mean, we're already—I I don't know how many people at one stage said, "If I do another Zoom call, I'll die." Like, I mean, <laughs> Zoom I think there's plenty of those people. <laughs> there's plenty of people out there like that. Uh, and then there was the the real um, yeah point in time where we actually missed each other. So we we wanted that you know interaction with it. So look, at some point, you know your your most uh, inexperienced or junior staff they need more help. They need more guidance, and it's hard to really get your communication so on point that you can do it remotely. Particularly if you've had no time to get it ready. You've yeah. just so you've got to change how you do things and systems. So it's definitely accelerated a lot of learning for us uh, and and our clients. But I think that we're, yeah, this no one will ever work in an office again. I don't think that's that's going to come true. And it's yeah. you know we'll, we'll still need to gather, we'll still need to collaborate and 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 meet and and have real connections and, and all that sort of thing. So all of that, all the people saying we'll never be in another office again and. Every property fund is dead. I don't subscribe to that. I think it's definitely, you know, it's, it's a scaling down thing and people are working out as they should do. I mean, you, you're just saying, well, I'm going to do what I did last year. 
um, as if it's some sort of nostalgic thing. Like I need to do what I need to stay true to my what my business is and what it does. But every good business looks at what, where it's going and looks at how can I do that better and how can I add more value to customers? Am I are my systems good enough? Am I you know, so that that's the challenge that you've you've constantly got to be asking yourself: Are you heading in the right direction? Yeah. Do I know what I need to focus on? I've got limited time, limited resources. I've got to get better people in my business. I've got to get more. I've got to allocate capital more more cleverly. I've got to think about attracting the best possible people in my team because there there are no technology companies per se. It's just really clever people who build good technology that's repeatable and and uh, and has this you know, magical feel to it and it's self-serve and it's, but you're still going to want the people element. So you can't ever get completely to a technology company really. Yeah. Uh, or, you, or, you know, maybe, you know, you uh, maybe never say never, but I think that, you know, the, the companies that have got the right level of people and, you know, that human touch, and even if it's in communities and an ecosystem, whether that human touch happens, it's, just we're gonna we 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 crave a little bit of that, and I think that's one of the things I've taken away. Is I like, you know, working with people. I like working with. It's just yeah, that's 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 my major lesson, and I may there be more of that. But yeah, and you know, maybe like what what are what are some of those lessons for this year about sort of you know people and connection, but also um, maybe chucking it out there from a uh, you know uh, coaching businesses point of view about money and cash one of the sort of the experiences that i had this year is you know we've been coaching people in property investing for many years about making sure you've always got like a buffer or a backup you know so just in case something goes wrong we don't know what it is but it could be a corona or a gfc you know mm. what are what are one of those sort of lessons for you uh, and your team that you sort of work with business owners on you know about mm. this year good people and you know a little bit of resources tucked away for a rainy day I would say combinations of all of that, like a uh, rainy day um, planning, like to say being on the red line and going as fast as you possibly can and leaving nothing in the tank Yeah, is yeah, it's certainly not my style. I, yeah. I think people need to have a little bit of plan B or understanding that, you know, uh, cash flow profit is not a, is not a, it's not linear. It's, it's messy. It's and you need to constantly work on um, that, that deliverable, delivering you know value to your customers and product that works and all that sort of thing. So you, if you think of it as three or four stakeholders and you say, okay, I've got customers and how much can I give them? I've got shareholders and how much value do they extract out of? Them? I've got suppliers and where do I draw the line with how hard I negotiate? And you finally you also got staff who without staff, you have nothing. So um, being able to get the mix of that right, I think uh, a lot of people are a little bit afraid or they think that you outsource finance or you say, I don't need to know about that. That's something my CFO does or that's something my accountants do. But I think good CEOs understand how it all comes together. And mm. they. And I spend a lot of time with people trying to educate them rather than say i'll do that for you it's it's good that they learn because they can make better decisions and go faster and make less mistakes so yeah. i think those are the things that i sort of drill into people when i say okay let's this is why it's important this is how to understand it doesn't need to be scary 
if you understand it this way, you're going to own it for life. But if you try and read it and you don't know how to, you don't know the foundations, everything's going to be scary. So yeah. it doesn't have to be scary understanding uh, numbers, not even about numbers. It's a relationship with how things are built and launching products and hiring team and and how all of these things aren't siloed. They're, they're, they're actually inter integrated. They're, they, they need to go together. They, they, if you do them in isolation, it's a disaster. Yeah, I love that. And, and, you know, while you're talking that, you know, whether, you know, from, you know, uh, starting out buying one investment property or, you know, many hundreds of millions of dollars companies, and I'm sure there's even more that you've, you've, you've worked with in, in, in bigger than that, you know, what you're saying is if you're responsible for the money, at least know what's going on, understand and educate yourself um, at all levels. You might have team mm. doing certain things, but you've got to, be educated and, and understand, you know, why those decisions are important, how to make them, you know, based on the numbers. I love that because, you know, in both of our worlds, that's an important thing. If you don't see the numbers in property, well, you don't know if you're, if you're going forward and the same with business, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, I well, these are your faculties. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, um, uh, I was just having a little bit of a, bit of a, a look on one of your website or profiles. You're saying, you know, you estimate you've had over 20,000 conversations with people about these types of things over the years. And, you know, that's, um, mm. you know, that's amazing, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what do you say to, you know, someone like, uh, you know, Gary V or some of those people who sort of talk about, you know, um, you know, get out there and hustle and hard work and, you know, push it to the red line and, and uh, you know, put it all on the line and those sorts of things as entrepreneurs, you know, I'm always fascinated by the idea that, you know, getting motivated and taking action uh, and then on the flip side, the reality of, you know, action without planning and action without care, you know, I'm sure you get to see, you know, that on the on the negative side often with these 20,000 questions, you know. Could you sort of maybe give us some insight to, for some of us, how to how to manage ourselves a bit more practically in that space? Well, I haven't met Gary V, but my <laughs> very good friend Michael Lane did invite me along to listen to him. Uh, so I've I, and I've I've read his book, and it's a it's a bloody good book, by the way. Good Gary. book. Keep writing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the one I'm talking about is um, what's is the it, one? What's it called again? Jab, 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 right hook. Is it that one? Is, is no, it no, it's the other Clouds one. Clouds and dirt, or something. Clouds and dirt. Um, no, I'll, we'll look it up. Um, look it up. Look it up. We'll, we'll, we'll get yeah. we'll get Marcus to look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marcus, can you help us out here? We're, uh, <laughs> keep writing, Gary. It's a great book. Um, so I think that the message is, uh, I mean, the first thing I would say is that there's no one thing you do in business. It's just it's it's a constant iteration of getting better at product, getting better at you know, your story and your narrative, getting better at uh, managing and putting systems around what you're doing and getting better at managing your resources. And then it's managing yourself as well. And, and it's like a, it's just a, it's a sequence of things that just need to keep going. So I think a lot of people focus on success and say, I want to be successful. And one of the things Gary says is, is like he says, well, you know, I hate it when someone comes up to me and says, Gary, I've been working at it. I've been hustling. I've been doing this and I still haven't had success. He goes, how long have you been doing it? He goes, oh, oh six months. He goes, 
damn man go away like it takes time you've got to keep at it it's not something you can do quick it's uh and a lot of people want to skip that step they want to skip the step of doing the hard work and learning the skills and constantly yeah. uh challenging themselves and, and saying i'm not right yet i need it to be better and i want to i want to um yeah, he calls it hustle hustle doesn't mean sell it means it means do what's needed to be done yeah so don't just say why am i getting success earn it do it go through the pain uh and the problem i guess is that we've got this society which is wants the quick fix wants that sweet relief of a distraction or a bit of social media or wants yeah. that yeah you know, it'll make me feel better i will stop working i'll i'll just have a quick break and i'll don't get back to it um or i you know want short-term gain but they don't have enough understanding that's a long-term view with focus on short-term yep and and, and having short-term goals with your eye squarely on the long-term long-term goal so yeah long-term goal so I, I yeah i've met lots of people that say they get rich quick but i was going to uh, ask that it, question i was going to say twenty thousand conversations dk at, at way higher levels than that i network in which is amazing um you know how many people got rich quick overnight that you know like any, any do you know any well it depends what six you call months, quick six or twelve months you know? I've, met, I've, met, I've met people I've worked with people that have sold businesses in less than a year, so yeah, and sold them for lots of money. But maybe it's an unfair comparison or or, or unfair test to say it took them, you know, ten years to know how to do it in one year. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yeah, you know, what they they you know made all these uh, bad calls or learnt stuff and and decided I'll launch when I'm ready. Uh, I'll, I'll raise money when I'm ready. I'll earn the capital not just ask for it and a lot of people feel like you know um they, we all look at it and say well what they've had this success and i haven't not all all of us but a lot of people do served up to you in all sorts of platforms that look at these guys they've done this they've done that they've raised money um and it's always easy to say hey these guys raised 10 million dollars they raised five or they raised 20 or whatever they raised but it's the hard work before that. No one wants to know what the hard work is. A lot of people think, well, I want that success. I should have that. Why did they get the value, that valuation? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's it's hard work. So there is no, in my opinion, overnight success. I mean, yeah, sure, someone might invent a, a product, but did they... Took them 20 years and, to, to learn how to do that to begin with, yeah. It took them 20 years to learn how to do it. Look, there is there is overnight success, but, I mean, I tell you what, it's pretty rare. Yeah, And yeah. And I don't think anyone. I don't think the the Gary V's of the world subscribe to overnight success. No, no, they uh, don't. Who, who, and, that, and that's the thing. I think his book was either crushing it or the thank you economy. I think crushing it, crushing it, yeah, crushing it, crushing it, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's good. Yeah. So thank that you, sort of leads me in. I mean, you sort of opened the door there with this conversation. It's yeah. like you know, someone might raise you know ten, twenty, thirty million dollars valuation. They created something that you know, but they wouldn't have raised that money by themselves, right? So. You know, can you talk to that, um, you know, startups? I mean, that's one of your passions too. You sort of, you help a lot of startups in certain places and spaces. You know, can you can you talk to us about, you know, some of the steps, you know, that you teach these startups and and um, and, um, and sort of, you know, in general terms, it, it doesn't have to be specific, but, you know, get it going. And then do you teach people to seek capital as part of the acceleration strategy 
you know, um, uh, you know, where do you stand with that one, or or is it horses for courses? Uh, well, I think it just comes back to the individual founders and what they what their current you know main problem is, and uh, and and I, I don't I always say I don't have the answer, but I've got I'm the best question asker, uh-huh. and uh, so what answer. I like to do is. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, I like to think that, um, you know, with that 20,000 conversations, I have learned a thing or two. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I actually think it's probably more than 20, a lot more than 20,000 uh, 20, conversations. But um, And that's with accelerators and clients and all sorts of people, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you, you just got to look at where someone is and work out, okay, where would I go from here? And what's the next step for them? What's What have they proven yet? Or so far, what are they still working on? What's top of mind? What are the things that what's the friction they're facing? Are they challenging? Are they are they doing step three or are they on step one? And um, and the founder is almost always the expert, and a good founder will know that they've got to go and and um, do some work. But then there's self reflection can get you so far, and then you've got to get some. Yeah, the right people in front of you asking you the right questions so that you can work out what's right for you. Yeah, and uh, so that that's a big you know um, belief I have is that you, you need to do the work, but you need to have someone who has been there. Or uh, and one of my good mates, Mitch, says you know you've, you've seen the movie, um, so you know where this is going to go. Uh, so I think the the key thing is surrounding yourself with people that can ask you the right questions be able to not to say good work or you did it or you know but challenging and and not just saying you know uh you're done or that's great or i do this because most people are not experts and but a lot of people like saying you should do this yeah so I, that's why i'm a big subscriber and saying don't tell yeah ask work out what the right question is and if you're going to think you're a mentor, you better, it's a pretty high standard. So you've got to work out what it is really that they need to know. And a lot, of, and so many people are out there saying, I did a little bit of this work for this sort of company. That makes me an expert. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd, I'd never say I'm an expert at anything, but I, I, I think I'm very good at asking questions. Asking questions. And, and so this sort of leads into the concept of the wealth faculty, you know, getting the faculty of advisors around you. And, and let's talk, for a moment around, you know, in the world of business, which is which is certainly your, you know, um, experience and expertise in that world, you know, coaching and mentoring business owners over the years. You know, um, I'm assuming very obviously, you know, an amazing accounting and accounting team as part of their faculty primary. But who are the other sort of, you know, faculty members that you would see that are super important for businesses at any stage, um, you know, to have either internal or external or both in their faculty team for success and, and, and survival, you know, or even thrival in, in, in their world. Thrival. Thrival. That's a new word. <laughs> we're out of survival um, and into thrival, David. <laughs> we're into, we're, we've survived 2020. We're into thrival. That's it. Uh, so I, I guess, um, you yeah, know, I was talking about this the other day with someone about uh, mentoring and he was saying to me, I need a mentor. And I'm saying, well, what's the problem? What do you not know? Well, I want to know if I'm doing a good job. At what? Uh, well, I want to know if I'm doing, looking after my team the right way. Have you asked them? 
<laughs> oh, no, I want to ask someone else who's an expert. Okay, yeah. you can, but yeah. why that person? Well, they've got people working for them, you know, but that's just one person, and one person is unlikely to give you all of the answers or sure. ask you all of the right questions. So, and this person was thinking that it was it was in the context of football, as in soccer, and saying, I want to talk to a really experienced coach because I want to be able to manage people better and I want to be able to teach strategy in football. And it's the same in anything, business, whatever. The, you, you get pieces of expertise and you say, I like that, I don't like that. But if it's not authentic and it's not you and it's not, people will quickly find you out. You can put the ingredients together and work out. I can get a little bit of that. I like how that person communicates. I like how that person explains the way um, the product works. Or I like how this person, you know, understands Facebook ads. I like, you know, there's a, you don't get, no one knows everything, but people think they need a mentor, right? What you need to do is you need to form, yeah, two-way relationships with people where you're helping them and, and, you're appreciating everything they do and vice versa and saying, mm. how can I help? How can we help each other? Because a lot of people go, so I want a mentor. And I've had so many people say, can you mentor me? I'm going, well, I can't say yes to everybody, but I'm more than happy to have a chat with you and say, I'll ask you some questions, work out where you're at and work out what you actually need mm. and what the actual problem is. So a lot of people will say, I can't get customers to do this. Well, it might be, well, you don't have a product yet or you don't have this yet or you don't have... So it's it's the wrong question, or I call it the unstated problem. Mm, so a lot of people need me. help on yeah. finding out what the actual problem is before they can solve it. Mm, mm. And they're trying to say, I need to, I've got this product and it's not selling. Well, is the problem is you haven't you're not in front of the right customer. It's not that nothing wrong with the product. You just you're trying to sell it to the wrong customer. So or you or it's not got this feature settled. That's you're talking to people that don't buy that product. They they buy this product, and you need to go and sell to that supplier. Good data and and insight into their businesses. Obviously, you know, like it's it's um it's a conversation. Often, I think certainly for myself and many other entrepreneurs that I sort of chat with, they get caught up in the everyday activity and don't get a chance to stop and smell the roses a bit and analyze and question. Right. Well, that, well, that's the last piece of the puzzle. Is how do how do entrepreneurs look after themselves and yeah. you know refresh and uh, keep the keep the you know the blade sharp? You know they're they're going through this friction and uh, they need to keep the blade sharp themselves and yeah and you know, look after themselves and keep learning and look after themselves in lots of different ways. Boy, oh boy, it's hard being an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. And, but and I'm glad we have them. I'm glad we have them. We need them. We need them. Yeah, we need them. And we need good uh, good. Uh, Good advisors who uh, who take care of some of the things that other people aren't so good at as well. So I think it's a team effort. And um, speaking of, it is a team effort. Yeah. Speaking of team advisors, mentors. So who uh, slash you know um, people or um, you know who have been your advisors or mentors or people to inspire you over your you know career and and time, uh, DK. Good question. Um, I don't know. I, I would. I would think that of all the people, uh, and I was thinking about this the other day about you know who have I really learnt much from, 
and I, I joined this, um, on, you know, a group that was saying, oh, you know, who's teaching you? And I thought, damn, I don't know the answer to that. Who's teaching me? Um, I'm reading a lot. I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm trying to meet as many smart people as I can. But I don't know who's teaching me. Mm. It was I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have a teacher. I, but I thought, well, I'll have to work it out for myself. So I, I punished myself with learning and reading and asking questions, meeting smart people uh, and reflecting on stuff, etc. But the answer to who teaches me, I'd say it's a very... Uh, it's a very, very, very uh, select number of people. I would, like, I would actually like to say the person who I think has taught me a lot is my wife. Mm. Mm. Um, she, she's taught me a lot of things from... I was going to give you a prod there, decals. I was going to give you a prod on that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think she just asked me really good questions and whether or not she thinks I listen to her, I do. <laughs> Um, and uh, I think she's let, taught me a lot. Uh, I think um, there's this, this one of the hardest things I did uh, in 2020 was probably one of the, uh, some would say the stupidest. When I was as busy as I was, I thought I wanted to start becoming a football coach. And uh, because my daughter was playing very hard. <laughs> yeah, all the spare time I had. But, you know, I was thinking to myself, I don't have a lot of hobbies. Like my hobbies are all, I, I, I thought I'll start writing. Well, what am I going to write? I'll write blogs about business. Okay. Um, well, I wouldn't mind doing a podcast or, or a, a mastermind group. Well, I'll do it about. I'll do it about business. Um, so I then started writing blogs, doing a podcast, doing a a, um, a mastermind group. And I thought, I still don't have a hobby that's about not work. Yeah. And then I thought, um, and I think that's the thing you need to be able to switch off and think about something else and, um and I don't even. I think my my youngest daughter was who's who's a great football player, and as uh, and she inspired me to get into soccer. And I used to love rugby. I still love rugby league, but I, my I've got three daughters. None of them are going to play for the Seagulls. <laughs> um, and uh, so I decided I'd get interested in that. And she's a really good player. And then I uh, thought, you know, I wanted to learn more about it. And and I signed up to this thing called Future Coaches and. Um, I thought, damn, I'm the dumbest person in the room here because I, I literally had played, never played soccer. Ne I didn't know the, yeah, I knew the rules because I'd become a black and white referee. But then all these people in the room, they they spoke this other language, and and ninety percent of them spoke either Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, um, and all these you know different you know languages, and because the, they, they they love football, and I was yeah. in this room going. I want to be a coach too. And I'm the dumbest person here. Everyone else was already a coach. But I decided I'd do that course. And then I thought, well, I'm going to punish myself even a bit more. I do the C license. And I met this guy who uh, really inspired me to do this. And he said, the number one, the best coaches uh, are actually the best communicators. Mm. And I thought, well, I'm not bad at that, but I know shit all about soccer. Yeah, and uh, so so I punished myself last year in uh, in doing this course. Like I was doing a shit ton of extra homework, uh, and everything I try to do, uh, I, I do as well as I possibly can. And he just, I just saw what I what I learned from doing this this soccer is this, it's really life. And they talk about soccer is life, and 
and and it taught me a lot about more about people and uh, and I thought I knew, but this 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 guy here, his name's Eugene Lorenz, and I think he taught me something. Yeah, because I started talking to him about football, I thought he's going to talk to me about the rules and the strategy, and he started talking to me about the brain. That's great, and it, it, isn't that something interesting? Where often in life we we think we need to, you know, our professions teach us everything, but often outside of our professions can teach us a whole lot about being better at Absolutely. our work and our other professions too. Yeah, what a great insight. 100%. What a great insight. Yeah, like I think, yeah. You know, I think my, my team have even said to me, you know, this, we're, we're glad you did this hobby, but we've actually seen a difference in you in terms of the way you relate to people, I think, and it's quite positive. Yeah, and would you attribute that to, you know, maybe uh, – being a father and, and trying to enter the world of your, your children as well. I mean, you're a, you're a family man. You're passionate about your family. You, you know, you, mm. you, you love, you love them. Um, I'm sure as many, as, as much as any parent does. Um, but you know, mm -hmm. for you being busy at work and trying to enter their world as well. Yeah. I think the, that was one of the difficulties I had was, was working out. Why am I doing this? Why am I punishing myself? Because everyone else in the room loves soccer. I'm going, oh, I don't love it. Like, you know, they're saying, it's in my blood. I'm going, oh, it's soccer. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you get excited by it, but what I worked out was uh, I love people and I just love helping people. And, yeah. and my daughter's I was the assistant coach for her team uh, this, this year, uh, won the competition, I should retire now and finish one for one. Um, but I then just, I had to work out, was I doing this for her or for me? And that is an interesting question, working out why you do things. Mm. Uh, so, you know, what really motivates you? And uh, uh, the, 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 I, won't, I won't go through all that because no one needs to know that much about me. <laughs> but I will ask, I will because I, I do believe in knowing the right questions uh, or asking the right questions. So I will ask everyone listening to this, is in terms of deciding what you do with the rest of your life, who do you really care about the mm. most? Mm. And if you're going to do something in business, if you can align that and focus on that and optimise for, even if it's a type of people, obviously a family, but if you can work out who you really care for and, and try and line up, because your skills are just things you can do. They're not necessarily industry specific. Yeah. You know, what you care about is not connected to an industry it's your values and you know so if you work if you can line up your skills your values to people you care about you're going to do it a lot better do it a lot better and would you say that's almost a cautionary tale david about becoming an entrepreneur sometimes you know in your observation you've seen potentially entrepreneurs you know um chase something at the at the at the cost of something else is, is that you know maybe 100%. a portion yeah 100 yeah. a lot of people a lot of entrepreneurs start things accidentally they say hey this happened to me this is terrible i can think of some um like a first person that came to mind was a female entrepreneur that said this happened to my husband i need to fix it no i couldn't find a solution i thought i might as well do it yeah uh, and you know other companies or other founders that have said, this is a terrible situation. I was an employee. This can't be that bad. It can't be the system is so terrible. It shouldn't be like this. And they said, maybe I can do something about it. And, you know, if you, if you align stuff to people you care about, it's not work even. I mean, yeah. It is hard work, but it's, it's at least it's going to keep you out of 
bed and get you out of bed and keep you going in tough times if you really care about the people or the customers or a class of people that you really, really want to see win or want to help. It's, yeah. uh, um, it, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference, yeah. And, you know, uh, I've, I've asked this question of a few people, um, you know, in, in your observation, you, you, you work with, you know, many wealthy individuals, CEOs, you know, people in business. And, you know, by, by regular standards, you know, technically those people don't have to go to work. Right, they don't have to get up each day. Yeah. They don't have to do it for money. You know, what have you observed? You know, why do why do those people get out of bed each day and still be passionate? Because you know, uh, I thought it was all about replacing your income and never having to work again. This idea about wealth, you know what I mean? What 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 have you discovered or observed in 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 sort of helping those people? Well, it's everyone's different. I mean, I think I always uh, say that. People are driven by different things. People might have buttons that might drive them, but there's not. They're not. People are cocktails. They're not just driven by one thing. There's all sorts of, you know, chemicals and their unconscious brain and their subconscious. So their conscious brain and their 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 triggers and lots sort of things. So what drives everyone is different. But I guess, uh, and I act for a lot of family offices and people that have got more money than. They could spend in 10 lifetimes or 100 lifetimes. Uh, but I think everyone's different. But I think if I had to think about the the thing that drives people is, is you know, being in a position to uh, grow a business and then leave a legacy or have, um, you know, building something that's been really hard to do and then wanting to see it succeed after them or wanting to um, pass on you know the asset to the next generation or be able to get the the company sold so that the the family can do more of what they really care about it could be a combination of investing in startups it could be a combination of some altruistic things like backing companies that either are doing things that they care about like environment or you know, helping children or helping whatever it is that their cause is that matters to them, mm. uh, doing more of that or uh, educating people or giving back. And everyone's different, but, I mean, there's only so much money people do need. And once they've got over that, that utility, you know, falls away very quickly. So I guess what drives most of them is to, to think, well, they've done this. It's been hard. It's been re very rewarding didn't definitely happen overnight and it's been something that they're proud of and it's it's given them that strength and perseverance that it's you know taught them something and they want to see it continue and succeed so a lot of people feel like it's a you know it's a, who they are and competition but if they if that's all they have they get very sad very soon yep um so i think people need the the right amounts of all sorts of things and so the ones that keep going are the ones that have the the right doses of all the different things in their life. A bit of uh, enough time with family, enough time with friends, enough time with health, enough time with learning, and everyone is driven by different things. A lot of people want to learn, and a lot of people want to, um, you know, beat people. You know, or they want to be the number one, or they want to competitive as well as, as Eric. Yeah, yeah. Open the most number of offices, build revenue. Everyone's different. Everyone's. Like there's no such thing as the you know the 
you know the wealthy person and they're all different they yeah. they everyone talks about oh yeah they don't want to lose money once they've made it and i have seen a lot of people that have taken huge risk and then they say now i don't want to take any risk let's put the car back in the garage you know yeah. <laughs> um, and but getting get, getting those conversations and 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 helping people you know um clarify their thoughts on what what things mean to them and how they want to you know be and, and get comfortable for the next you know sometimes you know 50 years of their life with a lot of money that they'll never spend and managing that stealth mode of saying well i don't want to be in the public eye anymore i don't want to be um i don't want it to have to um look over my shoulder i want to or I want to do something good with it, or I want to. There's, everyone's yeah. got different needs and wants, and yeah. And being able to help people ask the right questions to get comfortable with the the path they're on, or to or to see what they've missed, or to help them with getting to the next stage. That's the fun. I love doing fun. that. Yeah, and a bit of a key word in there. The meaning for for that is different to everyone, but meaning is yeah. is the important word. It means this. It means that. But there is meaning. It's not. It's not drudgery. It's it's something that's exciting. Competition, the purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely mm. driven by yeah. that. It's been well, people yeah. got to want to care about it. They need to, they need to think it matters, and they're doing something that matters with this purpose. Or yeah, keeps everyone's purpose is different. And, yeah, yeah. There's no you know, no no right answer. It's just helping discover what that person wants. Yeah, driven by purpose. So I was chatting with a good friend of mine, John Wood, the other day, founder of Room to Read, and um, it was like, you know, just driven by purpose. Once we have the profit that, you know, keeps us, you know, in a place where we're happy, then then over and above that, the purpose comes out and drives us, you know, significantly, which is which is awesome. Been a, been a, been a great conversation today, David. I've got one last question that I always ask uh, all of my guests, and um, it is, what is the true meaning of wealth to you, David Kenny? Well, I guess it starts with your health, because um, without without health, and uh, twenty twenty wasn't uh, for me that easy. Um, so twenty twenty one, here we come. Um, I think for me, it's and again, it's different for everybody. But I think there's having that an easy definition of saying I've got enough to know that I don't need to worry. I've got. And enough is a is a, also a subjective word where people need to think about what what sort of lifestyle do I want to leave, uh, live? What sort of what do I want to do with my kids, or what do I, how do I want to live my life? If I if money was no object, what would I choose to do? If I could just if I wanted to go and you know um, look after my kids and look after their school and give them a good start and give them everything they need to launch and be be successful as much as they want or whatever their definition of success is, great. And then second stage of life is, you know, looking at, okay, well, what do we want to do now? What's the, how do we want to manage our days and our life and our and, and our processes around, you know, living with our purpose? Uh, so being in a position where having a goal uh, helps. A lot of, a lot of uh, people I know say, well, I'm just going to work until I'm 65. Well, the, the main question is, what is enough? And have you ever thought about that? Have you mm. got a plan? Have you started to work backwards to say, well, if I'm going to live this and I want to define this and I want to have this many holidays, I want to be able to help my kids, I want to be able to 
do all of this or, or, or work backwards and say, you know, I can't do all of that, but what's the minimum I need to do? Uh, what's the minimum amount I need to be able to be comfortable? Uh, and what would what would extra look like? So, and these are these are questions that I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with because they they either think, oh, oh, I am not going to get there, or oh, I'm I don't understand. It's really complicated. There's no easy way to work this out, and they've got to go through it, and they've got to work out what's right for them. So, asking the right questions from the right people uh, and working out what's right for someone else so that they can make the next steps and they feel like it's something they can achieve and they can go in the right direction, that's very valuable to help people with uh, because they go, it's the first time I understood all of this. So it's the first time I've had clarity around what I should do next. And unfortunately, you know, money and property and um, yeah, managing all of that is hard because it's complicated because people have got a full-time job. They've got family, friends. They've got all these things that they've got to manage, and their health, and their friends, and their all, and their learning, and their career, and their, you know, there's a lot to do. So it's it's hard, and not everyone has the the time, or the space, or the or the capacity really to become an expert. But they need to know it enough. They need to have it simplified so that they can say, yeah, that's not too much. It's like saying, well, if I um, you can't go and get someone to run a marathon, but you can get you can get them to put their shoes on. Yeah, <laughs> so those little steps and they're yeah. in the right direction. Yeah, just start start learning and start getting better and start asking questions. And you know, that's um, I guess the yeah the the point, which is you get people to do some things, teach them that they can they can get there, show them the evidence of what they've learnt. And gradually, uh, you know, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. And yeah. then you go, I get it now. Like, why was I, why was I afraid of this? Uh, it's, it's, it was crazy. I, I should never have been afraid. I, I seem to have wasted a lot of time. I like, wasted a lot of money. I wasted a lot of my energy on worrying about things that weren't important. Mm -hmm. So I think if I had to sum all that up in that very long explanation, <laughs> I'd say work, work out what is right for you. Work out what your resource level needs to be and work out things like, you know, is there an answer? Is there a sum? Is there a way of looking at how you do this in a secure way? Because you don't know, you can't get rich quick. You've got to just keep sticking at it. You've got to learn more about it. You've got to take a little bit of responsibility because you can't outsource, you know, making money. You've got to actually own some of the knowledge around how you do it. Mate, I think that's... Um, I think you've got to work with people who teach you. You've got to work yeah. with people who teach you. That's, yeah. that's probably the right thing. Never don't sell said. Yeah, if you if you if you help people learn versus tell them, you're a friend for life. Yeah, you know, if you help people learn, I say you know, I now understand it for the first time. Yeah, I go, oh, it's good. Well, obviously my communication's good enough. You're not dumb. My communication was good enough. Yeah, teach them to fish. Don't give them the fish, huh? Yeah, yeah. Great teach way. them to learn. Yeah, break down the barriers of learning. Learning about resources. You know, that's that's the key to knowing you've got enough because well, people will work it out for themselves. If they work it out for themselves, I won't feel like I'm doing this for you. You're doing yeah. this for you're actually doing this for yourself. Yeah, I think that's a great way to uh, to finish our conversation today. Learn what it means to have the right resources for you. Great way to uh, 
yeah. great way to have the conversation finish up. Uh, David Kenny, thanks for joining me on the Wealth Faculty today. Really enjoyed the chat. Thanks, Dave. Good to see you, mate. Take care. Yes. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Wealth Faculty. Hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe. We're all good podcasts are found. You can find us there. And if you want to watch it, you can subscribe on YouTube, Positive Mentor TV. And until the next episode, take care. Bye for now.